so unworthy to speak about the power of God. It's awesome. The power of God moves mountains. It steals storms. And it's in us. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Well, I want to talk about the power of God, the precious blood of Jesus that, you know, washes us white as snow. I mean, you know, we can stand, we can have bad things happen in our life. We can be bad. But then his blood comes and washes over us and cleanses us. And today as we come together and as we pray and as we worship and as we give glory to him, everything is just, don't you just sort of feel better when you're in the house of God? You know, you can have a really bad week or a bad day and then you just come before the Lord and you give all of your attention to him. That's what he is for. It's not about the facility, the edifice. It's not about anything but him. And when you preach the word and the word is more powerful than what we do or what we think. And just by the power of God, we were born. How awesome is the power of God? I I cannot even comprehend the power that there is in God. We serve such a powerful God. There's no God like Jehovah. No God like him. No God higher than him. I mean, if you want to reach the pinnacle church, it's our God. It's, you know, in our jobs, we want to go up the ladder. We want good things and things like that. But I tell you something, when you want to reach the pinnacle, the top, there's God, the power of our God. Well, Jesus was, uh, I'm talking about the Sadducees again, is our Sunday school lesson was about this morning, but. He was meeting with a lot of people, you know, people followed him and the Sadducees were really close and they were questioning him. And and uh, finally, Jesus looked at him and Matthew, this is Matthew 22, uh, 29. It's great to look there when you have time in your devotions. But Jesus looked at them and he said to them, ye do err. What if you're standing in the presence of the Son of God and he says, ye do err. And then he finishes it, not knowing the scriptures, nor the power of God. When I read that, it sort of stopped me short. And because it was in the midst of a whining situation. (laughs) You know, I was just, you know, those bad times that you have, those low times. And as I read, and always when you get a low time to go to the word of God, it will encourage you, it will correct you, it will help you. And I I paused on that and it said, ye do err not knowing the scriptures nor the power of God. And I thought, you know, could we be that way? Could we not really know the power of God? Because to have the scriptures is to have the power of God. If you have if you have an evangelist or a preacher that you think is wonderful, may it be because the anointing comes from the word of God. Because there are oracles in ministry today, but they're not the same as people 
who preach to you the depth of the word of God. Because in the word of God is the anointing. That's how you can be anointed. The more word you get, the more power is in you and the more anointing that you have because the word of God is what is anointed, not the individual. And when the word of God comes in, the anointing rolls over us. And so I I just thought and thought and thought on that. And, And I thought, are we really understanding the power of God that lives in us? We need to know that he's there. He will be there in any crisis, any situation, and he wants us to worship him. And, you know, people worship in sports. They worship, they shout, they do all sorts of things. They pay big bucks for tickets to go there, you know, and we have everything free. And we have the power of God, which is so much more exciting because we win in God. We win. The back of the book tells us that one day we will ultimately win the big battle. It's a battle against good and evil. And the power of God is what's going to bring us through to victory. And we win. And it can be a year of jubilee. It can also be a week of sorrow and sighing and and worry and doubt. But, you know, and, and just fearing what is going to happen in our society. I, sometimes I see all the stuff that's going on in the government, and I think, Lord, our w- world is just going to explode. But it doesn't matter if it does, because we have a ruler, and it is God. It's the power of God that lives in us, and we're going to be with him and sit with him in the power of his presence. So, so the Sadducees, and I don't want us to be Sadducees. I want us to be joyful jubileers and remember that in the worst crisis that we suffer, that God never leaves us, that he is always there and his power is never diminished in us. We are the ones, our flesh diminishes it, not God. And so I want to inspire the church today as I have been inspired You know, and that doesn't mean we won't have another disappointment or another low time. But when we have those things, we need to remember that there is a power that's greater than what we're suffering. And so there's only one ruler in this world, and he is the one that rules this nation. And so whatever you see coming down the tube, however it ends up, whatever you're going through or whatever our world goes through, God is still in power. And we and we must believe that. We must stand on that. You know, the biggest problem in Christianity today is trust. Trusting that tomorrow will be better. Trusting that God will never leave us. And that he has a purpose in our plan. What do you think Jesus thought when the father said to him, I have a plan for you, son. And it's to be hung on a cross in open shame. Would you Would you follow that plan? And you know, Jesus had fleshly thoughts, right? He went to the garden, he wept, he wept, he wept. Nobody can weep harder than Jesus wept to, to fulfill the plan of God. He wept as, as there was, the Bible says, he wept so bad there was great sweat, uh, sweat uh, drops of blood. So I don't think, I know that we weep over situations and crises and separations and hurtful things. But we have never gone to that degree. 
So let us understand that this power of God is what keeps us and motivates us. So we have a ruler, and it is God. It is not our government. It is God. And First Chronicles 11.2 says, The Lord thy God said, Thou shalt feed my people Israel. Thou shalt be ruler over my people Israel. I don't know about you, church, but in the book of Romans, it says that we are grafted in and whatever is good for the Israel is good for us. We are having our trials. They're having their severe trials. But nonetheless, there's one ruler over Israel and that same ruler is over us. And we have a God that's more powerful and the wickedness and the corruption that's going on in our country today. So stand strong and stand strong in the power and the anointing of God. You know, it seems that there's wickedness and illness and and disappointment and hardship and lack of finances and so much to cause us to to evade believing in the power of God. Now, I know that you're believers and I know you don't give up on the power of God. But do we understand the power of God? Do we understand that it will change things? Do we understand that it's going to take us into eternal life? And that's our goal, not this life, but the eternal life that God has prepared for us. So there needs to be a resurrection of the power of God in the church world today. The church world is more important about edifice. It's more important about numbers. It's more important about recreation. You can get a bulletin and every day something's going on. Why don't they just sit down, go to the church and pray and seek God? Because we need the power of God more than we need the uh, uh, the the. All the hoopla. We need the power of God, church. You go to set to church and church begin, you know, before church and there's nice music playing. And then all of a sudden comes up advertisements all over the all over the front of the church. You know, we didn't come for that. We came to worship God. We came to sit the power and the anointing of God. We are not of this world. We are of a world that's higher than this world. And we have a destination that's more powerful than the destination of the world. And I want us to know that in this year of Jubilee, we got to quit looking at all the... I, I myself will quit looking at numbers in our house and quit looking at finances and those things and begin to look at the power of God that is going to see us through the crisis that there's going to be in our country. We need to pray and intercede for our children. It's not just a prayer request. This is a call, an alarm of for intercession for our children. Now, I look across here and most of us got great-grandchildren or, ch- or, or, or grandchildren. But I got to tell you something. We need to intercede. Call your children, your grandchildren, your nieces, your nephews. Call them by name because this is an hour that the enemy is trying to steal the youth so there will be no church tomorrow. And and even if a church is dedicated to that and don't preach the solid word and the power of the word, word, then then it, it isn't helpful. We have to intercede. We have to stay before the Lord and intercede for our schools and what they're doing in our schools. There's a wickedness in our world that's corrupting everything spiritually that it can do. And it's only the saints of God that have the power of God to believe and to trust and to understand that God's power is more powerful than the works of darkness.
Romans 1.16 says, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it's the power. If we're not ashamed of him, we've got to stand strong, believe the truth, trust him for every circumstance, and seek his leading in everything that we do. It says, the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. You know, I love it how God is still after the Jews. He's still after his chosen people. Look what they're going through, church. He's still after them. He still wants to make them holy and righteous and true. He still wants to live in them. How much more he says the same for us because we're all a part of what's going on today. And God, God be praised and God do something powerful for our um, Jews in the war- warfare that they're in. First Corinthians 1.18 says, this is so staggering. Listen to this. It says, for the preaching of the cross is to them that perish, that's the world, foolishness. They think we're foolish today. They don't understand our road map. They don't understand where we're going. They can't read the map. You know, and the scripture says it's 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 it preaching to the cross to them as perish to the world. But unto us which are saved, it is what the power of God, the power of God, the power of God. It's not just a word. It's not just a slogan. It's just not a signature. It is a reality that there is a power of God, even in the circumstances of our life, even in the disappointments, even in whatever is going on. The power of God is there, and it's relevant if we depend upon it. In this hour, we must not allow our weakness to to diminish the power of God in us. Church, we're in the flesh. We have weakness. Did you know that Jesus had weakness? We don't think about that very much. But the weakness that he suffered was the cross. And the scripture says that through Jesus, though Jesus was crucified through weakness. The Bible says this. And it says, yet he liveth by the power of God. That's how Jesus overcome the cross. Think about how powerful that power was that he could overcome the nails, he could overcome the shame, he could overcome the mocking and the scoffing for the, from the very people that he came to save. Just can you comprehend the living, Christ living in the flesh and having to overcome all the things that we have to overcome? And we, we fail, but he never failed. Think about that, church, for though Jesus was crucified through weakness, Yet he liveth by the power of God. Though you go through a crisis, yet you will live by the power of God. If I ask you to say something today that you went through that was terrifying, and you're sitting here in church worshiping today, you know, you got through that crisis by the power of God. You did not get through it because you was a good Christian. You did not get through it because you didn't whine or cry or fuss. You did not get through it. Because of all that, you get through it because of the power of God that lives in us. This flesh is only a frame. It's not going anywhere. But the Son of God lives in us, and the power of God lives in our soul. Our soul and our spirit is going to live eternally. Though he was in weakness, yet 
the Bible says he liveth by the power of God. And though we are weak, how many know that you don't want to do it, but you do it? You don't want to say it, but you say it. You don't want to act that way, but you do it. That's the weakness that's in us. But look, we're still here today, and we're still living, and we're still sensing the power of God in this house, and we're still still, uh, feeling his presence. So we're not dead. Uh, Things in our flesh might be dead, but we're not dead. We have an eternal destination. 1 Peter 1, 4. And this is our purpose, to walk in an inheritance that is incorruptible, undefiled, does not fade away, and it's reserved for us in heaven. Let me say it again, church. You know, my, my parents died. There was no inheritance. But I have an inheritance in Christ. That's what my mother built in me, was an inheritance for eternal life. And that's so much more powerful than a million dollars. Think of this, church. Here's God's purpose for your life. Wherever you are financially, wherever you are in relationships, wherever you are spiritually, wherever you are in in a crisis, here's, here's what God's purpose is for us. Walk in your inheritance, eternal life. Walk in your inheritance because it's incorruptible. You know, they, everything we try to do is corrupted. You just try to go buy a car and you know they got a, a 9% interest. Can you even believe that? I said, well, I'm sorry, I can't use your, your, your loan plan. I probably will be drive, riding the bus, but nonetheless. nonetheless you know what I'm saying, church? Okay, so everything is, gets corrupt somehow. You know, you do good and your goodness, you know, fails you somewhere. So you go through those things. But listen, this is our purpose, that we have an inheritance. They cannot corrupt our inheritance. It's undefiled. You know, it doesn't fade away. You can get the best shirt and it will fade eventually. You can get the best car, but it'll break down eventually. But God's word to us does not ever break down. It never fails. It always runs. It's just if we are going to drive it. We have to drive that power of God in our life. And we have to live in it and live, walk in it. Because the scripture says, 1 Peter 4, 7, who are kept, we are, our inheritance does not fade away. It's reserved in heaven. And we are kept by the power of God through faith that's our gas faith 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 fill our gas tank with faith and run on the power of god so much church it says rejoice though rejoice though now for a season if need be ye are in heaviness and through manifold temptations that the trial of your faith you know much more precious than gold it doesn't perish, though it be tried by fire, and it be found as praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. Rejoice with joy unspeakable. I'll be, I'll be so gone if I ever can get to that rejoicing unspeakable. So happy, so happy, so happy, so happy. Do you know what uh, detours our happiness? 
It's just little things. We can just be go from here and just say that was great. Today I felt the presence of the Lord. The power was the word was powerful, you know, and pastor was able to say it without too much sloppiness. And it was just great. I don't see well, church. I pray for me right type glasses. But anyhow, we go from here and we feel good and there's a smile on our face. Hopefully, I'm looking for it. And and we're joyful. You know, really, because we've been in the presence of the Lord. But, you know, you can, we can have that all week. If we will remember that the power of God lives us and the power is the instrument that makes us joyful. The power of God is what is is guiding our plan. So it says, rejoice with joy unspeakable, full of glory. It is full of glory, church. They came to the Sadducees and all of them. I have three points today. That was all the, the preparation. But I'll be quick. Um, the Sadducees, the Pharisees, they were all seeing Jesus. And uh, in the, uh, they brought this child who was having, I don't know how to explain it, explain it in English, just having a little fit. And, and the spirit was in him and it was tearing him. And, and he was so distraught. It's found in Luke, uh, the chapter 942. And they brought him to him and the father brought this child to Jesus. And they were all watching, you know, you want, you know what they were thinking. Let's see what he can do. You know, and sometimes we do that. We pray and we say, what, what, what can you do, God? Can you do this? You know, maybe we don't say those words, but that, that there's a, there's a doubt in our heart. And they brought this child to Jesus and everybody was looking on. So my first point is God is able to deliver. You must know that. You will go through a, tre- a, a stress. You will go through a trying season, but God is able to deliver. Now, he doesn't always deliver the way you want him to, but he will be a deliverer to you. So we find in Galatians 1.4, it says, He gave himself for the sins that he might deliver us, and listen to this, from the present evil world. How many know we have an evil world? Do you feel it? Do you see it? Do you know what's going on in the world? This is the word of God in Galatians 1.4. Jesus gave himself for our sins that he might deliver us from the present evil world. This is written hundreds of years ago, but it is prophetical to us. This world is evil. And we, sometimes we have to live in the midst of the evil. Everyone, most of us are retired, but, you know, when you have to go to work and you have to put up with the evilness that's in your work. My Caleb got a great job, really, really great job paying all the money. He was so happy, but it was so evil. Their conversations were so evil. And he, he doesn't even, you know, he's known the Lord as a child, but he doesn't even present himself to them as a Christian. But he has that motivation in him that after 18 years, there's a little bit of righteousness or holiness in there because he got the word of God. And it was so evil I, I I called him up and he had a different job. And I said, hey, what's wrong, son? You can't jump around. You know, I'm starting to be a grandma to him. 
And he says, Grandma, you wouldn't want me there. It was so filthy. He said, the money's not worth the filth. You know, and I just thought, boy, we did get some seeds planted. You know, but the guy that has to work or the gal that has to work, you can work in bad conditions. And you might be just like Daniel in the lion's dens. They just might be surrounding you. Dirty jokes, bad conversation everywhere because, you know, the world don't care what it says. It, it, has, it has no lock on its mouth. And this is a powerful scripture. It says, in this present world. That's written from the Word of God. How powerful is that? So God is a deliverer. He will deliver you. He's going to deliver our country. He's going to deliver Israel. You know, it may be a season he has to go through, but God is going to deliver us. How many have ever been delivered from something? From some trial, some tribulation? He is a deliverer. Pray it for your children. Pray it for your loved ones that don't know him. Just pray the deliverance spirit on him. Just get that scripture and lay it there and say, this present world is not going to diminish my children or my grandchildren or my cousin. Whoever it is that needs prayer, give it to him. Now, Second uh, Timothy 4.18 says, The Lord shall deliver me from every evil work and will preserve me unto the heavenly kingdom. We need to know that whatever trial we're in, we're going to come through triumphant because the power of God lives in us. So that's the, that's the scriptures on that he will deliver us the power of God. Second Peter 2.9, the Lord knoweth how to deliver the godly out of temptations and to reserve the unjust unto the day of judgment to be punished. Church, you, we need the word of God. That is the thing that will get us through. You might have to live in a bad situation. You may have to be a partaker of something. Something might bring you into a place where you have to have disappointment and heartache. But I want to say to you, listen to this. God knows how to deliver. We don't know how. Did you ever just go through something and say, God, how can I get out of this? Or how can you change this? Or God, help me. And I believe this with all of my heart. It's our flesh that suffers, you know, but our spirit man is strong and powerful. And I pray that God will invoke his deliverance spirit upon us when we're in that situation because he says he knows how to do it. He knows how to do it. And so the next time we get into that situation, we need to say, God, I know you know how. So please do it. Please help me. I know you know how. Number two, our faith stands in the power of God. If you don't have faith, the power of God is not working for you. Our faith stand, our, our power of God stands in our faith. It says that your, First uh, Corinthians 2, 5, that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of man, not in the wisdom of the flesh, you know, but in the power of God. That's so simple. You can, mer- you can memorize that. Just put that little slip on your, meal, on your mirror and you can uh, memorize that. That your faith should not stand in the wisdom of man. You know, when I get a problem, I go first to somebody. Now I want to get help and prayer. And that's good and that's right. But after that, I should have been to God. And I should have taken that plan to God first and do it. And I'm going to do different this time when I buy my car. I'm going to go to God first. 
before I make that decision. So I may, you may never see me in a car because I don't know if I got the faith to stand to do that, but I'm going to work at it. And that, that's what, that's all that God requires is that we press toward the prize, that we press toward what it is that we need in our life. And so that the faith should not stand in the wisdom of man, but it should stand in the power of God. Include the power of God with your faith. Let's start praying, Father, enlighten me, enlarge the power of God in me. Work for me. Work in my, in my life. Work in my crisis. Work in my situation. Empower me. Because you have the power. You know the way to do it. And Second Timothy 1.8, talking about faith standing in the power of God. Be thou a partaker of the affliction of the gospel according to the power of God. Be ready to take your affliction with the power of God. Not by yourself. Who, he, this power has saved us. This power has called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, not according to who we are, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began. Sometimes we think if we pray real hard, it isn't that. It is that we know that it is the power of God. We go to him and say, God, you are the power in my life. And I need that power to be released and wait to see his deliverance and wait to see his faith grow in you. I love that passage, 2 Timothy 1, 8 and 10. We have to be a partaker of the things, you know, we have to live in this world. This world is so nasty. And thank God if you're retired and you don't have to be out in that. Because i got to tell you something, I'm understanding that I've spent... A lot of years of my life in, in my office, in, in the Word of God, and studying and in church. And I come to realize that my friends out there are facing demonic uh, actions from the gates of hell against them. And, of course, not to say that that doesn't happen to me, but I don't see the wickedness like the people that are working or when you go out into the world. I don't see that as much. And I, I, I understand that God wants us to re- have his power revealed in us. And so we have to go through hard things sometimes to see that his power is able to take us through it. So remember this. I write that scripture down because it's so important. It says he's called us. He's not called us to who we are. Or what we can do, you know, he has called us according to his purpose. You are his purpose. Do you understand that, church? You are his purpose and grace. And you can get through your crisis. It says, which was given to us in Christ before the world began. Let the weakness of Christ, let the weakness that we feel in us in this hour Know that the power of God is more powerful. Number three, last one. The power of God is wisdom. Did you ever ask God for wisdom? The power of God is wisdom. So it lives in us. You know, we have to activate it, church. We have to activate the power of God with our faith and stand upon it. And just briefly... Let me give you one passage of scripture, maybe two. First Corinthians one twenty one. 
It says, we preach Christ crucified. We all do that, don't we, if we're Christian. We're preaching Christ. We're preaching the crucifixion of Christ. And we preach it unto them which are called, both Jews and Greeks. Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. They're, they're synonymous. They're partners. The power and the wisdom are partners in this world that we live in. Because the foolishness of God, you know, is wiser than men. If God has any foolishness, it says, the scripture says the foolishness of God is wiser than men. And the weakness of God is stronger than men. You notice in this message today that there is weakness in Christ and he overcome it. And there's weakness. This, the scripture says, is the foolishness of God. It's the weakness of God. You know, but the wisdom of God is stronger than the things of man. Sometimes we need to go to God first and get his idea and his wisdom and then go to the saints for the wisdom that they have for you. It's so important. The last scripture today, church, is found in Luke 22, and it's about the hereafter. Brother wants to see the hereafter while we're here. It's about the hereafter. Hereafter, the scripture says, verse 69, Hereafter shall the Son of Man sit at the right hand of the power of God. Then shall they all that art, see, then shall they all art thou. Okay, somebody read past these, past number 70. I'm not having a stroke, church. I just can't see. Verse 70. Luke 22, 70. We have heard the joyful sound. We have heard the power and the anointing of God. We have heard the word of God. We have heard that we have the power of God within us. And hereafter, we're going to see that power in the Son of God who sits in the Son of God who sits at God's right hand. Can you can you even envision that? Does that can you wrap your head around that? That you're going to come into the throne room and there's the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And church, the Holy Spirit's not the third person. It's like this. God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. There's a Godhead. It's like you have a mother and a father, you know. People always want to put the Holy Spirit at the at the bottom. But he's he's there right with Father God and he's there right with the Son of God. And they, they make the throne room of heaven and someday you'll be able to walk into there if you if you be obedient to God and live your life appropriately, you can walk into that throne room and you can see this the Father sitting there in all of his glory. He's like a great emerald sitting there in the power and the anointing of who he is. And at the, and you know that on his right hand is the Son, Jesus Christ. And you know that on his left hand is the Holy Spirit. And when you see them, you've seen everything that God has to give to us and all the creative force of God. 
Church, we don't even think about creation like we should. In my family, there's babies coming everywhere. And it's like, it's like miracles. You know, some children in, you know, are aborted. The, the power of God lives in that child. It becomes a child, you know, when it's put together. And they, and they are aborting the power of God. That's why there's so much fuss about it and so much fighting and so much of that. Because the devil hates God and he hates the power of God. And every time a child is born, it's a miraculous thing. God is so good. He's so powerful. There's so much to be said about God. And I, I, just, I just don't have the wherewithal to say to you how powerful our God is. But if you want to know about his power, get on your computer, look up power and see all of the things that it talks about the power of our God. And let's let's be strong this year. Let's stand straight. Let's stand up. Let's quit being bowed down by the cares of this life. Walk away, church. Walk away. If it's something that's hurting you or causing disaster in your life or or messing with you, or pushing your button. Just walk away and experience the jubilee of God that you can overcome those things. After all, we're overcomers. Let's overcome. Let's search out the power of God. Let's bring that power into our life that when we, when we feel uh, uh, being persecuted or having a difficulty, I can't say it to you enough. That we need the power of God for tomorrow. We need the power of God for tomorrow. And the, and the more the enemy fights our world, the more we're going to feel the stress of it. But God is greater than the stress. After all, he created you. He can care for you. He can take care of you. If you just would believe in him more than the crisis. Just put your hand, put your hands. They used to sing that song in the Jesus days. Put your hand in the man of the. I I wasn't there, but (laughs) put your hand in the hand of the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. I love you so much, and I want so much for you to to experience a revelation of the power of God. We know there's a power of God, and pretty much we've tried to use it. But I want to tell the church this morning that get ready. Get ready. I want to, I want to tell you that Jesus sent, they sent John the Baptist before him to say he's coming. And I want to tell you the church this morning that there are things coming in our world that we need the power of God. Our own strength will not do it. We need the power of God. And I want you to put this in your spirit that No problem, no trial, no tribulation, no separation, no heartache that you go through will not be rewarded in eternity if you stay the course. If you stay the course and know that the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit live in you. Thank you, Jesus, for the power of your word. I feel your power, Lord. But I don't even have the words to express how great that power is. And I pray, Lord, that somehow... You will put it into our spirit, Lord, that we will remember 
the power of God in our crisis, oh God. Lord, that you would empower the church, empower your people, oh God. Empower us over the works of darkness, over the trials and the temptations, oh God. We thank you, Lord, for your spirit that we feel in your house today. And we bless you and we offer these gifts to you today as a blessing and an honor in Jesus' name. Amen.